Hey everyone, you're listening to the 10-7 podcast, when we get together every fortnight, and sometimes more often, to talk about technology, business, and the humans in it. I'm your host, Ivan Stegic. My guest today is Coleman Rollins, a full-stack developer, physicist, and a member of the team at Breathe99, the makers of the sustainable, reusable B2 mask. Coleman is also an alum of 10.7, and I'm delighted to be speaking with him again today. We're going to dive deep into Breathe99's origin, what the B2 mask is, and why they are doing what they are doing over there. Hey, and welcome to the podcast, Coleman. It's nice to have you back. Yeah, thanks so much for having me again. I'm looking forward to talking about Breathe99. Same here. So... What is Breathe 99? Breathe 99 is a company that manufactures um, high quality reusable respirators. Uh, one day we hope to be a company that has many products related to health and breathing health, but right now our main product is the B2 mask, and we are excited to be helping people right now. Yeah, it's kind of timely to have a mask as a product for Breathe 99, isn't it? It is. It is. And it's also kind of crazy how we started this journey, you know, over four years ago. And for this to be happening in the world right now, it's it's kind of wild. It is, that is wild. So you said you started this four years ago. Um, can you talk about the founding of the company, uh, who founded it, how you were involved? Yeah, sure. So, um my co-founder is my my dear friend Max Bach Aronson, um, and long time ago in college, I want to say 2013 or 14, he studied abroad in Singapore, um, where the air pollution is very bad, um, and you know people were wearing masks in Singapore, but there wasn't an option available to Max that was a effective at filtering out the pollution in the air be something that would not create a lot of waste like disposable doctor's masks and see something that looked nice that had a good design to it and so when he came back from Singapore he immediately got to work on a mask that that was completely different and and you know uh uh, early design compared to what it is today, but he ended up winning a design competition at the University of Wisconsin Madison uh, for this mask that he created, and that was kind of the inception of what Breathe Ninety Nine is today. And so, where were you at this point, and how was his creation of this mask um, involved in what you were busy with at the time? So I was finishing up at the University of Minnesota. I was starting. Uh, to work at ten seven, um, and you know, I, I was always close to Max. You know, no matter where we were in the world, and he reached out to me to just kind of talk about this project and can I help him build a website eventually when he wants to uh, trying to make it a, a reality. Um, and so myself and another University of Wisconsin um, software engineer just kind of popped in to help him build some cool web stuff for the mask. Um, we had like a 3D CAD interactive uh, image of it on the website, which was kind of cool. Um, 
I remember that, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah? Did I show you that? Yeah, yeah. You showed, it was all gray, like, like a silver background and gray, and you could click on it and turn it around, I think. But it was it was a very simple website back then, I think. It was, yeah. That's cool that you remember that. Um, uh, yeah, it was simple because we didn't, you know, we had no plan or, I, you know, you know, methodology for what we were doing, but uh, we wanted to put this thing on the internet somehow. The product must have evolved somehow. I know there's a Kickstarter campaign in there somewhere. Um, how did it go from an idea and a prototype and a one-page website to uh, a Kickstarter campaign? Yeah, so for a long time, we we weren't necessarily doing anything like with the project company wise um max spent you know a couple years just kind of um revising the product and you know he was working full-time at other jobs too so it was really a side thing for him for a couple years and i was just kind of around to help with you know whatever else he needed and it actually wasn't until 2018 that we actually incorporated as a company. Um, and at that point, you know, I was doing all the web stuff, but I was also, you know, setting up bank accounts for us and helping sign up for services that we needed and mm -hmm. calling so-and-so to, to get so-and-so papers, you know, correct for the company. And, you know, I was really just kind of a support for Max so that he could focus on the product. Um, and we had this crazy idea that, like, if we just unleashed this product into the world, everyone would just love it right away. <laughs> and that was, that was just not the case. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I think all founders and entrepreneurs are like that, right? <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't have companies if that was the case, if, if it wasn't the case. Right, right. And we had a, we had a Kickstarter, a, a first Kickstarter with the B1, um, in summer of 2019 and it was a complete failure oh no yeah yeah it was bad I mean we had a really fun like I came up to Minneapolis and we had this big party at Blackstack Brewing and um, and all of our friends came out and that was really exciting but the next day no one cared about it mm. um, and back then we were really pushing um you know, we had just come back from China as a team, doing some research there, taking some really cool like imagery uh, for the for our like brand, and we were really pushing the the idea that people need this for air pollution, and people need this for um, you know like in California for the forest for the fires. yeah. Yeah, and so that was kind of our target audience at the time, and <laughs> ironically, I had a few. Um, people around me and family members be like, you know, Coleman, this is a cool thing, but why do I need this? Like, I want to support you, but I just don't need it. So how how wonderful that there would be this pandemic, I guess, for your <laughs> for your company, right? I mean, this is a perfect example of supply and demand. You you had supply, you have a great idea, and really close to zero demand, and then all of a sudden. There's this international pandemic that completely flips everything for you. Yeah, yeah. It's really, you know, it's bittersweet, you know. No no one wants this pandemic to be a thing. But 
you know, we we had a product already for it. And when when did the B2 come up and the Kickstarter that obviously did not fail? Because I imagine there's another Kickstarter that you ran for B2, or do I get that wrong? No, that's correct. Things started to to pop up with the pandemic, you know, end of 2019. Um, and we were very close to just hanging it up with Breathe 99. Mm. You know, we were thinking about other, you know, ways to pivot the business and other ideas. And and at some point we were all just out of energy of trying and we were just kind of like, well, you know, we tried this thing and it was cool, but, you know, we could be done. Um, so end of 2019, um, Max was like, well, I'm going to give this design one more shot. And he really created an incredible design for the mask for the B2, um, far superior to the B1. And we uh, launched our second Kickstarter, I want to say February or March of 2020. Oh, okay. So right when the pandemic is starting to get some sort of news traction in the United States, right when there is obviously going to be a need for masks. And how did the Kickstarter go? Uh, It went very well. We raised $500,000. Wow, that's amazing! Yep. Five hundred thousand um, dollars. Let's talk about the Kickstarter, like whole process. Like you go from being a complete failure in your first one to raising half a million dollars in your second one. How how do you do that? I mean, you're you're not a manufacturing company. You're not even a software company. What like what happened? Yeah. So there's a lot there and I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about Kickstarter as as someone who's been on the other side of you know being on the creator side um, so basically we had enough money from early investors to to buy the tooling at least put down payments on the tooling for the manufacturing so we were ready to go um, we had all, all the pipelines manufacturing wise set up we just needed the money to pay them for the materials and to start working. And so essentially that's why we did the Kickstarter. And so we do the Kickstarter, it's going bananas, and it is truly amazing to me how bad the Kickstarter platform is considering how long they've been around and how much money they make on a daily basis. Like they they have absolutely zero support for their for their creators it's it's terrible really what's yeah. what's the biggest thing that that is um missing for you as a creator well i would say two things one is the tools that they make available to you to communicate with your backers are extremely basic and cumbersome and they give you absolutely no way to moderate your project page because we had you know over 5,000 people who are extremely antsy for this mask and some of them getting very angry at us and you know to the point of being really toxic on our page and we we were we were helpless Um, kickstarter was was very unhelpful and the second thing which is the big thing is that when you're done with a Kickstarter campaign, they essentially give you the money and a CSV file 
with your uh, backers, and they're like, good luck. That's it? Yep, that's it. Yeah, so so you get the CSV file, you get the money, and they're like, thanks, good luck. And so if you want any sort of tracking with your, um, you know, with communicating with your backers, if you want any sort of tracking and automation with fulfillment, you're essentially forced to use one of a few third-party services that exist primarily to pick up where, to pick up the Slack where Kickstarter lacks. Mm. And so we went with a service called BackerKit, which the benefit of BackerKit is that they they allow you to sell more stuff after your campaign through like this survey system. But the downside is that they um, require each backer to fill out a survey after they have done the Kickstarter. And for, you know, when you're herding cats with your Kickstarter backers, this extra step is very difficult. And we were dealing with a lot of first-time Kickstarter users because people are searching all over the internet for a mask. mask. And they mm. were... It was extremely frustrating on both sides of, of, you know, backer and creator because they people didn't understand why they have to go through all these hoops to get their thing. And it's like, well, this is, this is how Kickstarter works. We're sorry, you know. <laughs> There's nothing we can do. Um, and a lot of people just didn't understand that. How long did that go on for? That went on probably until like middle of summer. Um, because, you know, for one, they don't give you the money until like two weeks after the, the Kickstarter is over. And then, you know, we had to set up this ridiculous Rube Goldberg data pipeline of Kickstarter to backer kit to our shipping software. <laughs> and it was extremely fragile and extremely prone to error. And, uh, you know, then you got to remind people to fill out the survey. And it was just a nightmare. And we were so, so relieved when we were finally done with that. And of course, that doesn't do a whole lot of good for your marketing and for your appearance as a company, right? Because there's all these first-time Kickstarter users, I presume, that think mm -hmm. it's your fault, mm -hmm. not the platform's fault. They haven't got their mask yet. And good luck if they're going to trust you to, to buy the filter packs when they actually need to replace them. Exactly. And, and on top of that, we made a couple... Um, communication blunders throughout the campaign um we had accidentally published on our original kickstarter like marketing material that we would give 20 extra filters when we really were planning on only giving 10 and someone pointed this out and there was a humongous uproar you know amongst oh, the commenters no. and it was really tough it was a huge learning experience you know with dealing with 5,000 people breathing down your neck, you know, at every moment. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was intense. Yeah. But, you're, but you're all over that now, right? It's after the summer. Kickstarter's done. Where are you distributed right now? How can I get myself a B2 mask if I want one? And then we'll, and then we'll talk about sure. the mask itself. Yeah, so we are distributed from Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, and you can get a mask shipping probably same day or next day at breathe99.com.
It's that easy. It's that easy. And what does your supply chain look like? You said shipping next day, so you, you have inventory on hand. We have inventory on hand. We have a ton of filters. Our um, manufacturer is also our fulfillment center, which um, you know has also had its own set of issues with shipping and stuff. Um, but right now, they're, everything's moving really smoothly, so we're happy about that. All right, let's talk about the mask itself, the B2 mask, superior breathing protection for daily life. That's that's what it says on the mm-hmm. box. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna open this. First time user. Um, thank you for sending me a mask and um, a filter pack. You're As welcome. I'm opening this, um, tell me why this mask is special. How is it different? It really comes down to the seal on your face and uh, the filters. The filters that we use are four layers of. Uh, melt, bone, melt blown polypropylene that is electrostatically charged. Um, and we have had um, a number of independent uh, entities run tests on it. We've got a nice white paper that people can read um, on our website about um, our testing methodology. One of our awesome teammates named Allison is uh, an expert in filter technology, and she's done a ton of work to make sure they are super super effective and 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 really protect you to the best that they can so what's great about the b2 is that the filters are super cheap and you can replace them at will um you know they're they're if you're just kind of venturing out and getting groceries and stuff you know a a pair of filters will last you a month at least so so let's talk about that if for those of you that are listening, um, go to breathe99.com to see a picture of this. It's it's a rubber mask that has a hinge that folds really nicely, so you could presumably put it in your purse or in your pocket. Um, and then there is this uh, strap and cover that um, fits over the mask that attaches um, to the mask and that you can put on your face and on your head. And then there are these two discs with kind of finger, they're circular finger. Um, you can use your two fingers to kind of uh, slot the filter into the mask and then turn these plastic lids. They're almost, they're almost lids. Mm-hmm. We call them caps. Caps. There you go. They're called caps. The, you get the mask, you get the strap, you get the caps, and then you get a box of 10 filters. So five, five uh, pairs. And each one of these discs um, go into either side of the mask. And on the box, there is a recommended uh, usage of the filter um, based on, I guess, how much you're using the mask. Mm -hmm. So the filters themselves um, are not washable or anything like that. Those you recycle. Um, But the mask itself is what you keep around for a long time. And do you want to talk about kind of what the... when, When would you be... Use it, doing a filter change. How often do I change these filters? Sure. Um, so it 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 depends on the usage um, and your environment. Um, if you're someone who is working from home and is just going to the grocery store and running errands only right now, um, once a month is is perfectly fine. Um, if you're someone who is working at the grocery store, you're going to want to change them more around once a week times when you are exposing yourself more than usual like going on an airplane or I don't know riding the bus 
um, you know, those will prompt more frequent filter changes. And these filters are made in the U.S.? Yep, every, everything made in uh, Minnesota, actually. Everything is made in Minnesota. That's wonderful to hear. I'd love to talk about the science of the filters for a second, if you don't mind. Sure. Melt-blown and electrostatically charged polypropylene. Correct. What does that mean? I am not the one to to explain that in detail, but basically it's material similar to what you would find in an N95. Um, however, based on our tests, uh, we've uh, achieved more like between 99.6 and 97.9 efficiency when it comes to um, particles down to the size of 0.1 microns, I believe. Wow. And the fact that it's electrostatically charged makes a difference as well, I would assume. Yes, yes. So that means that when particles are coming through the filter, they are essentially um, attracted to the polypropylene fibers. Interesting. And which side goes up? <laughs> there are these dots on the filters. Yes, dots, dots out. Dots out. Okay, the reason I ask that is um, when we talk about effectiveness and when you try to model, like, how efficient is it for a population to be wearing 95 or 99% effective masks? Like, if half of the population wears it or if 75% of the population wears it, you have to also think about inhalation versus exhalation. Um, mm -hmm. And so is this the numbers that you gave of between, I think you said, 97 and 99 0.5 or something like that. Is that inhalation or exhalation or both of them? Is I don't understand quite how that works. The tests that, that we've undergone, um, I believe, focused primarily on inhalation. Mm. Um, however, due to the nature of the filter and its four layers, it's certainly protecting exhalation You know, much, much better than your standard mask. Got it. What does the B2 mask cost, and what do the filters cost? So the, the B2 mask is $59.99, and that's the, um, the starter kit that you just explained um, with the, the filter caps, the fabric overlay, and um, a pack of filters. And then a, an extra pack of filters is um, $8.99, and we actually just released a a light version of um, the B2 filter, and those are $7.99, and those are only three layers as opposed to four. A light version, okay. And does that change yeah. the efficacy very much? It hardly changes the efficacy, but it changes the breathability significantly. I see. And making it obviously a little easier to breathe, I would assume. Correct, yeah. With the four layers, if you're, you know going on a bike ride or doing a workout, you're going to notice the resistance in breathing. Interesting. Now, if I'm not mistaken, this product has earned you a Time 100 Best Inventions of 2020. Yes. Well, yeah, con he... congratulations. That's amazing. Like, how did Thank that you. happen? Thank you. Yeah, huge news uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, well... Uh, our marketing and communications team member, Emma, um, who is based in Greece, oh. applied us for this Time 100 uh, months and months ago. 
um, and we kind of forgot about it. They reached out to us, you know, maybe two months ago and asked for a mask and asked to talk to Max a little bit. Um, and then, like, two weeks ago, we found out the day before the article came out online huh. that we had made it in. Um, and then they sent us a, co- a picture of the cover, and, and the, the B2 is on the cover, which, which is so cool. That is really, really amazing, wonderful. What a great story. Yeah. Young Minnesota guy, young... Ma- Where is Max from? Uh, Minneapolis, same. Oh, so two young Minnesotans start a company, do a Kickstarter that doesn't go so well, <laughs> then do a Kickstarter that goes incredibly well, and start a company with Made in Minnesota products that is helping the world with the pandemic. I, you must you must feel pretty good about yourself. Well, it feels great, and honestly, we couldn't have done it without our without our other team members who we've brought on. Tell me about the team, Coleman. Who who's contributing to Breathe ninety nine these days? Sure, yeah. So you know, it's Max and I. We've got uh, Emma, our marketing member. We've got Allison, who's our filter technology member, and who's also taken on a lot of the big jobs when it comes to you know business operations. We've got Boovy. Both Allison and Boovy are in uh, Canada, and Boovy is our customer support, and she's done. An incredible job of uh, helping, um, you know, reduce the fires in our Kickstarter comments <laughs> and and uh, you know talk talk to people about masks and you know how to use them better. Um, we've got Julia, another uh, Minneapolis native who has a degree in apparel design, and she designed the um, the fabric overlay. Mm. Um, V2 of Fabric Overlay coming out soon, by the way. I think that's about it. We had another we had another Minneapolis guy named Derek doing sales for us for a little while. And yeah, that's about it. That's wonderful. It's it's a great uplifting story. I'm glad that it's going so well. Congrats on the Time 100 Best Invention. Um, and so nice to be talking to you about this. And I, I'm going to be wearing this to go out shopping today. Yeah, yeah, please let me know what you think. It's tough to design a mask that fits everyone. So, you know, we've got some some tricks and tips on help.breathe99.com if you are finding it tough to get a a perfect seal on your face. All right. I will check that out, and I will let you know. One more thing I wanted to ask you about. I remember there was a pledge that Max made when he was talking about the future before and that was the one-to-one mask pledge can you tell me about that right now what what is that and how's that going yes absolutely um so this you know we were really hopeful to start doing this right away um unfortunately just due to the nature of running a business and the costs of everything um, we haven't been able to start doing that immediately we have donated big chunks of mass to um, various healthcare groups and research uh, centers, um, but the one for one is really our just aspirational goal right now. We hope to be doing that as soon as we can, but it's it's still in the cards for sure. That's wonderful to hear. Well, thanks for spending your time with me today. It was so nice uh, catching up and finding out all about Breathe 99 and these um, filter packs. Uh, looks like a great product. I'm, 
we don't usually do product stuff, but this was just so timely and apt, and um, I just wanted to make sure I found out as much as I could about it. So thanks for spending your time with me today. It's It's been wonderful talking to you again. Yeah, yeah, you too, Yvonne, and thanks for having me, and, and you know, I hope your B2 will keep you safe. Thank you. I hope so, too. Coleman Rollins is with Breathe99, makers of the sustainable B2 mask, and you can find them online at breathe99.com. You've been listening to the 107 podcast. Find us online at 107.com slash podcast. And if you have a second, do send us a message. We love hearing from you. Our email address is podcast at 107.com. Until next time, this is Ivan Stegich. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.